we have been talking about home. Um, well, more specifically, the prospect of losing your home. That doesn't sound like a happy thought, does it? The Bible has a word for that. It calls this experience exile. Exile is what happens when you have lost your home, probably without the possibility of going back. Now, for most of us, this would be a terrible experience. It would be so sad. Home is where we feel safe, right? At least it should be. Home is where we are known. Home is where they know you, right? If you've ever been away from home for a long time, well, you know what it means to feel, well, you know what it means when sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. The troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Look at these blank stares. <laughs> and to age ourselves, guys, half the room has no idea why they're chuckling. Just don't make your home in a bar, okay? <laughs> the difficult truth, the rough truth, if we can say that, is that uh, sometimes God's the one who takes home away. That's hard to hear, isn't it? Sometimes God's the one who takes us into exile. Now, why would... Why would God do this? God who loves us, who made us, we're his children. Why would he do something like that, huh? Well, grab your notes page. There's a, um, one reason why God that might, 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 might do that is because of sin. The first thing we, sometimes God, uh, sometimes exile is a consequence of sin. You can jot that down. Sometimes exile is a consequence of sin. Of course, Adam and Eve jumped to mind. Chad mentioned them in his prayer. Adam and Eve rebel. They rebel against God. They reject God. And as a result, they're evicted. They experience exile from the garden. Now, is God still with them? Absolutely. God is still with them. He provides for them clothing, food, a place to live, a family even. And he even gives the woman a promise. We said this last week. He gives the woman a promise that one day your Seed, your son, your offspring will crush the head of the serpent who deceived you. Right? A promise of Jesus. Right? But nevertheless, even though God is still with them, they can't go back home, can they? They can't go back. Sometimes, exile is the result of our sin. One of the most important stories in the history of Israel is it's just simply called the exile, right? And why does the Bible say that Israel was conquered and allowed to be taken into exile because of their continuous 
hard-heartedness, right? Stiff-necked disobedience. Finally, God gives them over. He gives them over to their desires to sin. He gives them over to their desires to follow someone or something else other than him. And the result is disastrous, of course. We're studying part of this period in Israel's history in our Sunday School Summer Edition as we go through the book of Daniel. And we even feed you. So think about coming next week at 9 o'clock. Now, does this happen to, to you and me, this kind of exile? I mean, of course it does, right? Sometimes people sin so badly against their family that the only solution is to leave and to start over somewhere else. I met Lou from the, at the, fel, at the not, what's it called, the Fort Wayne Rescue Mission <clears throat> about a year or so ago. And he was talking about home, where he's from, Pen, uh, I think Philadelphia, one of those Pennsylvania said Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, he was from there. But he couldn't return home because Lou, he was an addict, he was addicted to the alcohol, he was addicted to gambling. A terrible combination, by the way, of all combinations, that one's pretty, that one's pretty nasty. And uh, now he's sober now, and his family, his wife and his daughters know that he's sober, but, well, they've even forgiven him. But he can't return home. In his words, in his words, he's burned too many bridges that that door is closed to him. And he's a believer, so God's forgiven him, right? So surely there's a future for Lou. But home, Philadelphia, ain't part of that future. He's exiled. Sometimes exile is a consequence of sin. Now it would be easier... If all of our exile were a consequence of sin, it would be easier if I only experienced broken relationships, because that's a kind of exile, right? If my friend is no longer my friend anymore, kind of breaks up with me as a friend, I'm being exiled from that friendship, right? That's a kind of exile. Or my family exiling me, my, my, my spouse. It would be easier if we could point to, oh yeah, like Lou could, right? Oh, that's why. Lou's exiled from his family. It's still painful, but at least he can understand it. He can say, I did this, therefore this is the consequence, right? At least he can understand. The tricky part of the, the, the difficult thing is that the, 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 sometimes exile is the result, you ready for this, of obedience. Now, what do you do with that? Sometimes Exile is the result of obedience. When God called Abram, he said, Abram, get up and leave to a land that I will show you. Now, it was God's intention to bless Abram and bless the whole world through Abram. But did Abram know that? What did Abram, how much of that did Abram know? Hey, up and leave. Jesus said to each of his disciples, follow me, right? Leave that life that you know. You're no longer going to be in marketing. You're going to be, yeah, in IT. No, you're going to be in JC. You're going to follow me. I don't know. You're going to follow me, and your whole life is going to be different. Right? To Peter, immediately after forgiving him, and welcome, this is the risen Jesus speaking. Jesus forgives him, he welcomes him back into God's 
family, and he says this. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, Peter, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he, Peter, was to glorify God. And after saying this to him, don't miss this line, and after saying this to him, he said, follow me anyway. I added the anyway. You already heard Chad read uh, another kind of difficult passage in which Jesus says in the Gospels that foxes, they have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then what does he say? He says, follow me anyway. You may face exile as a result of your sin, but in order for me to do my job and to be honest with you about what the Bible says, you may face exile as a result of your obedience. Is that okay with you? Is that okay with me? Yeah, think about that, don't you? I can't answer that question for you. But let's go to the text and let's let the Holy Spirit work on us and that question. As we open to the second chapter of Exodus, I'm going to start in verse 11. If you want to go there or you can follow along behind me. Or you can just listen. The story of Moses resumes like this in verse 11. One day, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. Now hold on, I've got to pause. You know, I often do this to you, don't I? I've got to pause. i just got to say something. A lot of stuff has happened between verse 10, uh, verse 10 and verse 11, right? What happened in verse 10? Moses had just been picked up out of the water. So the king of Egypt had the Israelites, the Hebrew and Israelites, that's the same thing. You know that, right? Hebrew is another word for Israelite or Jew. All three mean the same thing. So the king of Egypt had them as slaves, but they were getting too numerous. And so he gets worried that one day these slaves will uh, revolt against us and we'll have a problem on our hands, right? And so he says, kill all the baby boys. Throw them into the river. Moses' mother doesn't do that. She hides him. <clears throat> and then when he's three months old, she can no longer hide him. So she takes him to the river and she lets him go in a basket, and the king of Egypt's daughter finds him, draws him out of the basket, out of the river, right? And he is saved. Now, the next verse, when Moses had grown up, he sees one of his people being mistreated. So a lot's happened. He's grown up. He's lived in the palace. He's learned the language. He's learned their ways and their customs. He's also learned, if you see just in verse 11, we see that he's learned that, 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 that he is adopted. He knows that. That's not a secret. He knows that he's not Egyptian. He knows that he's Jewish. It says two times in verse 11, his people, right? He notices this. We also learn that Moses, we also learn in verse 11, that Moses had the heart of his mother's. Moses had the heart of his mother's. Both of them, his birth mom and his adopted mom. Moses has their heart for the... the the hatred of injustice or their passion for justice. Both of them, his mom, Moses' mom risked her neck to hide him and then she did all that she could to save him. 
against this injustice, in, unjust decree that the king had made. And then the king's daughter, the Pharaoh's daughter, she went against her dad's wishes too, against the injustice, and she adopted this child. And now what we're going to see here, Moses has this flare, this fire, this hatred of injustice as well. Uh, he comes upon an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. Let's listen in again. Verse 12. Moses looked this way and that. And seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and he hid him in the sand. Do you think Moses was wrong to do that? Don't answer too fast. I heard a yes and an obviously. Think about that for a little bit. Was Moses wrong to do that? God is about to exile Moses. Is it a result of this? Is it because Moses did this? Is it a, is it a punishment, if you will, for sin? Or is it a result of Moses' obedience? His obedience to God's sense of justice. That's the kind of question theologians like to answer. Yes? Is Moses being punished or is it because of Moses' obedience? Yes? <laughs> we don't know. Theologians don't know. We disagree. Theologians have been disagreeing since the beginning. Augustine says this is obviously wrong, like Molly here. St. Augustine would agree with you. He said, obviously, this is a violation of this is its sixth commandment, that you cannot kill people. Thou shalt not kill, right? Obviously, Moses is wrong. John Calvin, of all people, would disagree. He says that Moses is here acting as an instrument of God's justice. Well, whatever the case, I suppose you can talk about it over lunch. But I don't know. Whatever the case, Moses is about to lose his home for 40 years. When Moses went out the next day, verse 13 continues, when Moses went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? He answered him, who made you prince and a judge over us? You're not the boss of me, right? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid. And thought, surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Go ahead with the, the map. You know, the picture is... Common maybe to many of us, this is the land of Egypt here. Here's Israel, Saudi Arabia, Iraq. At this time, the Egyptian empire included the Sinai Peninsula right here. Here's the Red Sea. Moses, when he had to leave Egypt, he had to flee. But this is still the land of Egypt. So imagine this, this, how far he had to go. How long would this take you on foot or by camel? Because right here is the sea of, what's that called, Petra? Gah, Gulf, Gulf. I don't want to insult it, right? It's the Gulf, not the sea of Aqaba. Not to be confused with Agrabah. 
if you've seen Aladdin. The Gulf of Aqaba, right here. Midian is here. So he had to cross the Sinai Peninsula. You think he learned anything about the Sinai Peninsula while he was crossing it there? Hmm, foreshadowing. Is he going to spend about 40 years there coming up? And he crosses the, or he goes around the Gulf of Aqaba to this side, this side of the sea, the Gulf, which is wilderness. Now look, this is a picture of that land of Midian today. There ain't a lot there. And there wasn't a lot there then either. You can imagine going from the palaces of the king to however long it takes you to cross the Sinai Peninsula to find in a spot where you can sit down at a well and take up residence, probably in a tent. Here, go to the next one. I mean, just another picture. Right there's the well, Molly. Right there. That's the very same well, actually. Just imagine, I give you those pictures to sort of give you a visual context of what this man has gone through, going from the palace to now, not knowing if he'll ever be able to return. And this is his future, every day, for the rest of his life, as far as he knows. But God has given Moses a gift, hasn't he? He's given Moses a gift, and God's going to use this time of exile to sharpen that gift, to teach Moses how to use it. He starts using it here in the story and the very next verse. See, Moses hates injustice. In the very next verse, so he sat down by a well. Verse 16, now the priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. This priest... A man after my own heart. All girls. What a blessed guy. For me, it is, of course, a blessing. And I'm sure that the priest loved his girls, too. But in the ancient world, it was a mixed bag. He got all the doll babies and the glitter and the hugs and the affection but without a dad or big, big brothers to go with them and protect them, they couldn't get what they needed. It would take them all day. They had to be last in line to water their flocks. And these guys would, these other shepherds, who knows what else happened. I mean, this was a different world, right? In a different time. You can imagine life wasn't always too happy for them. And Moses recognizes this. He recognizes this as an injustice and he decides to take action. The shepherds, verse 17, came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flocks. When they came home to their father, Reuel, he said, how is it that you've come home so soon today? They said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him, that he may come and eat bread. 
And Moses was content to dwell with the man. He's adopted, you see? God providing a home, right? Moses is content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. You're not quite sure yet if this is a happy story or a sad story, are you? Nobody loves the idea of exile. Yet God routinely, routinely, not even occasionally or rarely, or, or, he routinely takes his children into exile to shape them into the people he wants them to be. Moses didn't want to leave the palace, yet here he is in Midian. Then what happens? He's going to settle down in Midian, get married, have a family. And then what's God going to do? We're going to turn the page. There's going to be a bush on fire that's talking to him. And God's going to lead him into exile again. You're just getting comfortable here in Midian, and now we're moving on. And then he's going to do it again. After he goes back to Egypt, this time, y'all, and all your people, we're going to uproot them and take them into exile, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? 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 To shape them into the people he wants them to be. Why, question I'll leave you with, is why would God lead his children into exile again and again and again and again? God wants me to trust that he has something better for me than what I call home. God wants you to trust that he has something better for you than what you call home. And as you insist on getting too comfy in this world, working too hard for the esteem of people. That means the people to like you. If your whole life's about getting people to like you, or other people to say you're good enough, or getting enough stuff, right? Then look, then, then be aware, just, I mean, that's a normal human reaction, but be aware that God is going to bring you into exile. Because he can't have you clinging to this world as your home and serving him at the same time. They, they, it can't happen at the same time. 